Hey everybody, welcome back to Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. Uh, today's show is an exciting one. It's one uh, where we are continuing along this plan that we're talking about, this financial action plan. And uh, I'm really, really excited to, to continue. Uh, we're almost done. We've got today's video and tomorrow's uh, to talk about the rest of this financial action plan. And I think there's a, a lot to gain still in these last couple of, of parts of the financial action plan. Um, but I'm just really excited about today. Today we're going to talk about really putting all your chips in financially and really maxing out everything that you can, being being the maximum version of wealth wealth building and giving and spending and all these things, do, doing it to the max. And so uh, we're going to talk about that today. Also, just real quick, if you could, go to the YouTube channel if you're not already on it. Uh, click subscribe and the like button. And when you click subscribe, a little bell will pop up. Click the bell to get notifications when I post new content. Uh, also, leave me any feedback, any comments that you have. That way I can get back to you and, um, and respond and, and create a dialogue between us uh, about the content that I'm putting out. This show can also be found on iTunes and Spotify podcasts. Um, it's just the audio version of the, the video of the show. And so uh, if you'd rather listen than watch, you can go there and subscribe there. And uh, you, you'll probably get the same thing out of it uh, if you'd like. Uh, if you don't want to watch, if you're, you're not big uh, on the YouTube channel, then, then you can go there and subscribe and, and get the same free content that everybody else gets. Also, if you'd like, go follow us on social media at MNO with Dylan. A lot of good stuff posted there every day. Uh, and you can also check out the website www.mnowithdylan.com to check out the services that I offer, uh, financial coaching, and learn more about us there. So let's jump right in. Where are we at on this financial action plan? Well, we are in the eighth step, and so there's nine parts to it. So, so we're in the, the eighth part of, of this financial action plan, so we're, we're almost done. And uh, let, let's just kind of recap the previous steps that we've had. So we started with budgeting, right? And so we're making sure that we have our income and our expenses accounted for every month, uh, at least monthly. We're doing a, a budget no matter where we are in this plan. Uh, the, the second step was to build that one month of expenses in an emergency fund. And so you need to have that there and, and built before you do anything else. Then the third step was if you have an employer-sponsored retirement account that offers a match, taking advantage of that match, that way you start flexing your saving muscles just a little bit and, and start building those good habits. Then we get to step four where we are paying off all of our consumer debt. So, you know, car loans and medical bills and credit cards and all these things, everything but your mortgage, we're paying everything off. Then you get to step five and we're taking that initial emergency fund that we built and building it up to four to six months of expenses in an emergency fund. That way we're just really covered and we put a good cushion between ourselves and what life has to throw at us. Then after building that emergency fund, we start investing 15 plus percent of our income into retirement accounts and brokerage accounts and real estate. Anything that, that's going to help us build wealth for the future, we're going we're gonna to do that there. And then we get to uh, step seven, part seven, that we covered yesterday, which was paying off the home early. And that's a, that's a huge step to take, and it allows us to have a lot more money in our pockets uh, at the end of the month than, than we did previously. 
And, and now we come to, to the eighth part. And you may say, well, what else is there to do? Well, today is all about the maximum, all about pushing the envelope with all the newfound money that you have because you don't owe anybody money. You don't owe credit card companies. You don't owe the mortgage company or car companies. You don't owe anyone. And so now you have all this leftover money and, and you can do so much good for yourself and so much good for others with this money. And, and that's what we're really going to jump into today is how can we maximize that money that we have left over? You guys, this is the fun stuff. This is where everybody strives to be financially. And the good news is, is that even if you don't get to this point really fast, once you do get here, it's so freeing and it's so much fun and you can enjoy it. It makes you want to get there as fast as possible because it's an awesome place to be. And it's a place that we, we're all striving to be, but you have to take the previous steps in order to, to just walk your way into this place. So at this point, we have no payments. So what, what happens when you have no payments. When you have no payments, you have money. You have all of your income to do with as you please. You don't have a bunch of people or, or companies that you owe. So you have control of your income. Apart from that, you, you feel free. You, you're free from the bondage that debt had on you because debt was holding you down and, and now you're, you're free from that and your money is free from that. Also, you realize all the things that your money can do. See, that's, that's the thing about, about when you get to a point where you have no payments is that you realize that your money can do things that you didn't think it could do before. And so when you get to this step, your eyes are finally open for the first time to how much money you really were making because... It, the amount of money that you make doesn't seem like a lot when you, you have a lot of bills to pay. I mean, there are people making $150,000, $200,000 a year who have nothing left over. And if that's you, that's okay. But you need to walk through these steps to get to this place where that income can work for you and you can, you can really push forward. And on the other hand, when there's people making fifty dollars to $70,000 a year who have no payments, they are debt-free and they have walked through these steps and they feel like they can do anything because they don't have anybody that they owe. Now, at this point, what we can start to do is we can start to look forward. So I, I know that, that we're always pushing forward. We're always looking towards the next thing that we can do with our money and the next goal that we can meet. And that, that's very good. But now you can look forward with no anxiety and you can look forward with no stress and you can start making plans that there is very little likelihood of them getting smushed. There's very little likelihood that anything now can get in your way financially as long as you don't allow it to. Now you can decide that you want to be very strategic about your investing. You want to be very strategic about your giving. You can pour a lot more time and effort into those things than you could at previous steps because now your whole job as a money manager for, for God who provides you your, your money is to is to manage it in a way that is responsible. And the way that we're going to do that now is taking all this income that we have left because we're not, we're not paying on anything else. So the only thing that we have to do is to spend our money wisely, give very strategically and invest very strategically. And so when we're doing all of those things, that that's going to, that's going to be the, the new rhythm of our financial life when we get to this step. So let's talk about your investments first. So, so we're going to talk about the idea of maxing out 
your investments and doing those to the max. And so we're going to kind of break down, you know, what you can do at this step um, if you are there already. And just a heads up, there are a lot of possibilities with your money, and there's not a high likelihood that you can meet all of these maximums that we're going to talk about. This is just going to be uh, informational and tell you what you can possibly do. It's it's not a, it's not a framework for what necessarily should be done. It's just to give you this information as to this is what you can do when you get to this point in your financial action plan. And so we're gonna gonna walk through this and, and the amount of money that you have left over just is probably not likely to cover all these things and these may not be options for you, but they may be options for someone so I wanna just put it all out there. At this point, you have to balance the advantages of particular accounts with the simplicity that, that is involved in um, in investing and, and how simple do you want to keep it? Do you want to keep it extremely simple or do you want to be a little more strategic? That's just a decision you kind of have to make at this point. And this is the time to do that. This is the time to review and see how simple do I want to keep it? So what I would like to start with here are the maximum contributions to a, a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA. And so, so let's look at this. So the Roth and the traditional both have a $6,000 annual contribution limit and uh, if you're over the age of 50 that ups to seven thousand dollars now the there are income restrictions to roth iras and and whether or not you can contribute to roth iras and the the difference in roth and traditional is simply the roth ira is taxed money that goes in so after tax money that goes into the account and then it grows tax-free and you when you take it out there's there's no taxes to you when you take it out in retirement traditional you get a tax deduction up front for what you put in and then so it's pre-tax money going in and then when you take money out it grows tax deferred and when you take money out then you have to pay income taxes on that money so those those differ just a little bit so you see kind of the there's there's certain advantages to both and we'll we'll touch on those things later um, but you can max those at six thousand or seven thousand if if you're over the age of fifty. Then we'll talk about some employer-sponsored retirement accounts. So uh, if you look at four hundred one k's, four hundred three b's, four fifty seven plans, um, all of those, along with the the TSP, the the it's the government uh, employer-sponsored retirement plan. So if if you look at look at all of those, all of those have a nineteen thousand. $500 limit for this year. And on top of that 19.5, you can do another 6,000 if you are over the age of 50. And the over the age of 50 extra, that, that's called a catch-up. And so they, they give you these catch-up contributions that you can take advantage of. So if you're maxing everything out, um, you can meet these numbers in these particular retirement plans. Now let's talk a little bit about educational savings accounts. So 529 plans are, are the most common of those. And what you can do for the 529 for this year is $15,000 is the max that you can put in. Or you can do a one-time $75,000 and spread that tax deduction over, uh, over five years. So you can't put anything else in for those next five years. You can just put the 75 at once and kind of front load it. So if you're if you're maxing out uh, those accounts for your children, that's what you can put in. And this money is tax-free if it's used for education. And the total max that you can put in per child 
is $235,000. So that's a, I know that's a ton of money, but I'm just kind of letting you know, where can you put money at this point in the financial action plan? What are the accounts that you can throw money at and, and be really well funded for your future? So then we move on to ESAs, just educational savings accounts, also known as Coverdale uh, ESAs. And so these do have income restrictions, so you'll have to look at that, but you can put 2,000 per person per year uh, in these as well. And these are tax-free also if they're used for education for the particular uh, beneficiary that, that you're putting the money in for then you can also put your money into an HSA. Now, this might be something a lot of you have heard of, and I want to kind of break this down real quick because there are extreme advantages to putting your money in an HSA. So an HSA is a health savings account, right? And so these are only for medical expenses. And there are caveats, but we'll start with, with that distinction. These are only for medical expenses. And so you put money in to this HSA and this is only if you have a qualifying plan not all health not all health insurance has HSA qualifications so uh, if you're qualified for an HSA you can do this it's three thousand five hundred and fifty dollars if you're in just an individual on an individual plan and then if you are married if you have a family it's seven thousand one hundred dollars so uh, you can do it that way um, to, to continue to max out your money. Now, now what's so great about these? Well, in an HSA, you have what's called a triple tax advantage, uh, which is something you can't really find. And so this triple tax advantage is that when you put money in, you get a tax deduction. Okay. So there's one advantage, right? So you put money in, you get the deduction, then the money in there, if it is invested, can grow tax free right? Can grow tax-free. There's no taxes on the growth. And then when you take the money out, you can take it out tax-free if used for qualifying expenses. And so those three things make an HSA something that, that is, is, very, um, is, is very attractive in where you want to put your money. Now, the, this is not me saying you need to load up an HSA because HSAs do have qualifiers, like what you can use the money for. Um, and, and yes, this changes when you when you get to a certain age. Uh, they'll allow you to take the money um, and it not be used for, for medical expenses. But we're not going to dive too deep into that right now and the, the caveats. But this is a particular place where if you have a qualifying plan, you may want to put some of your money. Then to kind of the catch-all of your investments. And I, I say the catch-all because um, you can put as much money in it as you want. And this is brokerage accounts, right? So just an, an individual or a joint account if you're married and, and you can put as much money as you want in this. Now, it's unlimited, but they're, they're not tax advantages. You do have to pay taxes on the realized gains. So, so that's a particular uh, thing you're going to want to look at. That's why these retirement accounts that we talked about just a minute ago are so useful uh, is that they do have those tax advantages. Now, they, they come with more restrictions as well. Uh, but these brokerage accounts, you can also get the money out at any time, which it, it's not restricted like a, an IRA that makes you wait till 59 and a half and um, the 401k or 403b that'll make you wait till 55 or anything like that. There aren't restrictions like that. You can get the money out whenever you need it. This is just like a savings account, but with investments. And so that, that's kind of what a brokerage account can be used for and how you can, you can push money into that to, to continue to max everything out. Also, if you're, if you're interested in it, buying real estate 
uh, is it can be an extremely lucrative thing. Now, it's going to require more work from you than some mutual fund or some ETF or certain investments. It's going to require more active work from you, but uh, you can do it and, and get a great rate of return. You can get just as good or better return than stock index funds and, and things like that. So, so if you're interested in that or if that's something that, that you kind of have a knack for, you can invest in real estate as well. I would just uh, forewarn you, just don't be taking on any debt at all at this point uh, on real estate. Either go in with people and, and put your pool your money to purchase a, a piece of property and receive the cash off of that uh, or buy something in cash on your own. So maybe use a brokerage account to, to build up the cash to, to purchase something. So uh, just don't want you to go back in debt at this point. You're, you're free. You don't want to have to be tied down anymore. Um, and we'll talk more about real estate later, but, but that's another place that you can potentially max out because that's unlimited. There's unlimited real estate to buy. So, so you can go do that as well. So you may say, well, well, Dylan, can you give me some steps? Like, can and that was a lot. Can you give me some straightforward? Okay, take this step, then this step, then this step. And I'll okay, we can do that. So we talked in the uh, third step of the plan about taking the employer match. So we want to be doing that first and foremost. Okay, we want to be taking that employer match first. Okay, because that's free money, and we don't want to have to worry about anything uh, getting in the way of those 100% returns that we're going to get up front. So we'll do that. And then we'll take the next step to IRAs. And the reason I say IRAs is because you have the most flexibility and the most relative tax advantages with IRAs. And so you want to go straight to those from the employer-sponsored uh, retirement account with the match. And like I said, only be investing up to the match at this point. And we may double back to those, but then you go to the IRAs. And so Roth is better than traditional. Okay. So I, I'm always going to um, choose a Roth in, in most cases. Now people make the argument for um, the, you know, oh, if you think the tax rate is going to be um, higher later, then wouldn't you, you know, then you're going to want to do a Roth. But if you think the tax rate will be lower, then shouldn't you do a traditional? And well, we'll talk, we'll get into that. If I can invest in a Roth and have tax-free money for sure later, and I don't have to bet on what taxes are going to be, then I'm going to get that tax-free money. So I would do a Roth. If you can't do a Roth, do a traditional um, and max those out. And so then once you get those maxed, and maybe you can't get all the way to the max of those, and that's okay. That's when you stop. That's the whole point in this hierarchy is that once you get to the point where you're out of money to invest, you're 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 no longer able to max anymore, then you stop. That that's it. But I'm just giving you the where to start and where we want to go um, in order. Then after we do that in in IRAs and are, we're covering ourselves in retirement really well, then go to the kids, right? So then you want to get into um, really investing for the kids and covering their uh, educational needs, their possible educational needs. And you may do this concurrently with the IRAs, especially if you don't have enough money to max. But if you know you're going to blow past the max, you can max it and then go to this, this part of the hierarchy. But um, if you don't think you're going to be able to get to the max, then just kind of, uh, just kind of do things in, in a certain proportion that is comfortable for you uh, between the IRA and the educational savings account. You want to do plenty in those educational accounts, um, but also don't don't steal from Peter to to pay Paul. So so don't um, get to where you're taking 
money that you would have put in your retirement account and putting it in this educational account because your retirement is more important than taking care, care of your kid's education. Not that they're both not heavily important, but I am far more concerned with your retirement than I am your kid's education because there are other options here. There aren't other options here. You need to take care of your own retirement. Then I would hop back to the employer plan. If I've made it past the Roth, if I've made it past the traditional IRAs, and then I'm into educational accounts, and maybe I max the one of those that I want to use. And so now I'm back to this idea of, okay, well, where do I put my money? Well, then you can you can double back to your employer-sponsored retirement account if you haven't maxed that already, um, which you probably haven't given just the match. So. Uh, I would go back to that, and especially if they have a Roth option, I would take advantage of that and work on that towards the towards the max of whatever you can put in that account. Then at the same time, I, if you're, let's say you're contributing to an HSA out of your check monthly, and that's all cool, but maybe you're not getting to the match, then I might turn and, and max out the HSA to get the triple tax advantage. That'd be a really useful thing to do at this point in the hierarchy, because at this point, I mean, Let's just do the math. If you're under the age of 50, you've put in 6,000 into a um, an IRA. So there's 6,000. You've gone to, let's say your match, who knows how much you put in your match. I'd say, you know, another, let's just say four to make it a, a round 10. And then um, 529s, let's say you've put 15,000, 529, that's 25,000 over the course of the year. And then you double back to your uh, employer-sponsored plan, and so you've got another 15.5 on top of the four you already have in there, and so we're talking, we're already over $40,000 of contributions. This is a ton of contributions that we've done. I'm not saying that you should be able to do all of this. I'm not saying, saying that your income should be able to do this, but this is the hierarchy that you should take. This is the importance of your money. This is where you should do these things, so I, I don't want you to get confused and be like, well, Dylan, there's no way I'm going to make it through this. Some people will, and especially at this step when you have no house payment and you, you're out of debt, you have so much extra money, maybe you're able to make it further down this than you thought. And, and these are also steps that you're going to be taking in income years where you're making more probably than you've ever made before. So these are just things to keep in mind. And when you do get to this point, hopefully you can uh, walk right down these steps. And then naturally after the HSA, uh, if you qualify for the HSA, I would start to just throw everything back into the brokerage account or real estate. So anything that's unlimited, just start throwing money into those things. Um, now be diligent. Don't just throw money. I'm not trying to make it seem like it's haphazard, but um, you should be putting everything else in those buckets. So again, if you're telling me I don't have enough money to max all these out, well, that's the point. So the point of this video and me talking about these things is that you don't have enough money to do all these things. I gave you so many options and so many choices that it's not likely you have enough money to do them all. And, and especially when you get to the end and you're going real estate and brokerage accounts, you, you have unlimited leeway there. And so there's no way you can max those. So I just wanted you to get all the options and know what steps I would take along those particular options uh, and, and where you would put your money and why it is so advantaged. All of those accounts, we're really going to hit uh, each one head on moving forward. Um, but I just wanted you to know where you should be at this point. 
And the main point is, at this point, you do have money to invest, and you likely have a lot of money to invest. And so you do have all, all of these options. And if your income is more limited, then, then you may have less options, but, but you still have plenty that, that you can do. And if you can only get to the point where you're maxing out your Roth IRA, guess what? That's going to make you wealthy. If, or if you're getting past that and moving to the, back to the employer-sponsored plan, well, that's going to make you really wealthy. And so I, I just want you to know that, that if you're following these particular hierarchies of, of accounts, then um, you're going to get to a point especially at this step where we're maxing things. We're doing our best to put as much money as we can um, into these investments and do the best we can to um, build wealth and, and do the most good with our money that we can. Now let's also make sure we're not using our last dime here because like I've talked about before about financial balance, we want to be balanced. We want to be giving, saving, and spending at all times. And this is just the savings portion. So make sure when you have all this extra money that you're doing some fun things that you're spending more than you have because you should and that you are giving more than you had because you should and so we're really going to touch on that giving thing tomorrow because i don't know if we have too much problem with deciding to spend more money but i think uh it's it's really important to to talk about generosity so what what do we get out of today today is all about being the maximum being uh, at the top doing the most that we can with our money, especially when it comes to investing our money. And so what I want you to do is if you have to go back and listen again and watch again and do your own research, um, make sure you understand some of these particular accounts that I was talking about today, these account types and these different options for your investing that you can use. Um, the, the whole point though is that, and, and I talked about this previously, is that it, it's not a matter of rate of return all the time. It's it's definitely a matter of, did you put money in the darn accounts? And if you did, then you're way more likely to have money uh, than the person who didn't. If somebody doesn't put money in the account, they don't have any money. And so I, I just want to be clear that I'm giving you these options so you can make some more informed decisions. But at the end of the day, what's important is that you're actually doing it and doing it in a significant amount and doing it in a way that's going to lift you up financially. So what's next? What, what, what after that? How is there one more step? We just maxed everything out. Well, I, like I said, I don't want you to spend your last dime doing this. And the reason I don't is for tomorrow's step, we're going to talk about giving generously and how you can do that and what that looks like in your life. So guys, I, I just, I really appreciate you, you tuning into to this particular episode. And, and if you're not at this point, then that's okay. And once again, like, like I've said previously, I want to give you the most information that I can and so no matter the situation that you are in, you can make the best decision for yourself and your family. So uh, if you could, uh, if you haven't already, go down below and subscribe. Click the big red subscribe button. Um, hit the bell once the subscribe button is clicked to get the notifications of when I post new content. Like the video. Leave me comments. Leave me feedback. Uh, follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan. And go check out our website, www.mnowithdylan.com, and check out the financial coaching services that I offer there. Um, also, the weekly rewinds, uh, I've had two of them so far. There will be a new one that comes out on Saturday at 6 a.m., and that's just going to kind of recap this week. If you didn't get through all of these videos and you just want to know where you really need to pick up, you can check that video out as well. 
And last but not least, if you're listening on the podcast, then thank you. I appreciate you listening to the podcast version of this show. Uh, If you want to listen to the podcast, go to uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts, and you can subscribe to the podcast there and listen as you please. It's the exact same content, just an audio version. So guys, thanks again. Um, I'm really grateful for all of you watching this video and, and, I, and I'm thankful for the, the time we get to spend breaking these things down. And as we move forward, we'll go into more and more detail. So I, I understand if you're, you're going to have some questions after these videos and, and that's okay, but, but just make sure that you listen moving forward and we will build and we will grow together. So thanks for watching this episode of Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. God bless.